Asset Radio. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Keelguard Studios. My, 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 Aaron. Can you believe it? Bass Edge Radio, December 15, 2020. The final episode of Bass Edge in 2021. It's been a wild year, my friend, but I'm looking forward to the holidays and getting 2022 rocking. Yes, sir. And of course, all of this made possible right here from the MegaWare Keelguard Studios. And that is our friends, partners, supporters, however you want to name them. But holiday cheer to Dave, Tori, Ryan, all the MegaWare crew for all of their support down through the years and they will enter into 2022 with us as our premier leading sponsor supporter be sure to visit all things megaware at keelguard.com kurt speaking of kind of coming to the end of the year we're approaching christmas the holidays yes, anything yes. at the top of uh you know mr yes. kurt does list i've got a giant list for santa it's really really long there's a lot of things i'd like to have but i think I'm probably sure i think probably the things that are most important for me this christmas outside of family friendships thanks you know all, all those great things from a personal perspective well i'm diving straight into the goods right i need some stuff that is storage systems aaron i need a store to build a new garage i need some shelving i need some tongue and groove pegboard that is my Christmas lift storage things from my new garage that that's so important to me because once once we get it done which should be here in the next several weeks it's it's gonna need a place to put all those lures and stuff that I have packed away you know how you get that corner it's just packed with stuff and you don't even know what's in it anymore oh, yeah. I got one oh, yeah. I got one of those corners and and I'm looking forward to letting it breathe in my life well, dude, so I'm gonna to hook you up because cool. after after recording you know, when we built our house I spent a lot of time on that topic didn't do everything perfect but the things that I did right I'm gonna share with you I've got that okay. gladiator okay. system and anyway and forget the pegboard I got a whole different system that's modular we'll, set we'll, me we'll, up that's we're, why we're, it's a we're Christmas gonna put you into thing. 2022 not 1972 with well, the that's why it's a Christmas I need Santa to bring me the best shelving goodies and storage and all that kind of good stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he has for me. Nice, nice. What about you? What's your what's on? You know, your- I'll take it a little bit on a micro level. Storage for me is going to be a little bit in the tackle management. I want to explore some of that. I okay. want to actually want to take the time to be able to organize a little bit better. I'm a pretty organized guy, but I, I would like to explore some new systems. The other thing, Kurt, I was fortunate to get a hold of the PowerPole charge system on the new Nitro yes. uh, for the 2022. But what I'm most looking forward to that Santa may have to delay and kick it to the Easter Bunny is going to be the new <laughs> power pole trolling motor. Um, okay. That yes. rumor has it, you know, we the, with once they get these chips figured out, when they can go into full-fledged production. But I am looking awesome. forward to kind of testing that one. So kind of yep. off, opposite ends of the spectrum. But, yeah, that that's top of the things on my list, I say. I like it. I like it, man. There's, there's going to be a lot of great Christmas gifts under a lot of trees. So, uh, naughty or nice. How does it go? You, you know how this goes. Naughty or nice. You get your... You know, checking things twice. I don't know. T- yes, don't know yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam's going to check the list twice. Yeah, exactly. So, man, I hope everyone has a great holiday season. We're going to move on into the protecttheharvest.com tackle tip. Y'all stay tuned for more on Bass Edge Radio. This episode's protecttheharvest.com tackle tip with professional angler Andrew Upshaw. 
you know, Christmas is just around the corner. And one question that I always get is, what do I get my fishing family member, fishing partner, or fishing friends? And I got three things to tell you guys. And these are three things that I think will really make your fishermen happy. The first thing is a loose custom light bait casting reel. You know, this is an extremely light reel, weighs less than five ounces. And I'm telling you, if I got one under the Christmas tree, I'd be a super happy guy. Number two, a little expensive, but Garmin Live Scope. Guys, Garmin Live Scope has definitely changed the way that we can look at sonar and look at fish. Now we have eyes under the water, which is just unbelievable. Last but not least, a FlexSet Pro by Megaware Killguard. One of the hardest things to do with my elderly dad is getting in and out of a boat. It makes getting in and out of a boat so much easier and a lot safer too. So get those three things for your family members or your fishing family members, and they will be extremely happy at Christmas time. Man, that's great stuff, Andrew. Look forward to finding that stuff under my tree, no doubt. Aaron, how about you? (laughs) Yeah, I would take any one of those. All right. Well, that's great stuff, Andrew. I appreciate it. All brought to you by protecttheharvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Aaron, we haven't talked a whole lot about plans for next year it's the sign up time of year, kind of getting schedules together. I know we've been thinking about, you know, laying out the episodes for Bass Edge Radio and, and setting that up. But man, tournament fishing schedule is really important part of the process to think about what is on your table. For 2022 man kurt you hit the nail on the head it is that time of year you know i would have to say as much as what i would like to jump into the the toyota that central schedule is you know would love to do that you know let's let's just be honest i mean bass fishing is not my full-time career by any means it's a passion it's a love uh, right but i am going to fish as many of the uh, bfls as i can uh, my 2022 travel schedules came out, so it's it's making it a little bit difficult uh, to probably fish every single one. But I think I'm going to fish as many of those as I can and maybe pick up on a solo pro or two. And then hopefully the Oak Outdoors uh, series may uh, develop into to something beyond that. But that'll be later 2022 before they release that information. So, yeah, I'm going to be kind of a hybrid, just, a, you know, a 
Neanderthal out here wandering <laughs> uh, from lake to lake. If there happens to be an open time slot and I can fish it, I'm going to jump all over it. How about you? I got some big plans, I, I got to say. But that, that's a great idea. I like how that goes. You know, you kind of fish what's available and what feels good, right? That that way, when you're hitting the water, it's not always, you know, X, Y, and Z. You got to fish this series and these are the dates of the tournaments. You know, when you kind of go out there on a more freelance scenario of picking and choosing what, when, how, why, based on skate. I think you're going to have a good time this year, Aaron, and, and I feel like you're probably going to fish really well because every time you hit the water, it's going to be something fresh because your work schedule is so insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so. you know, and, and that's uh, – I'm trying to look at I'm, – I'm, I'm messing a little bit with the goals kind of with Dr. Jay McNamara. You know, we're looking at some things, of course, psychology of exceptional fishing, you know, no secret there, but kind of reprioritizing and saying, okay, if since I won't be able to effectively qualify, right, for the regional and stuff like that by not fishing all the events, uh, I'm going to – to redirect and maybe look to say, okay, is it realistic to try and get in the top 20% or or catch a limit in every tournament or things like that? I'm, I'm kind of going through in my mind how I want to break this down. So anyway, regardless, I do it yeah. to have fun, get to spend time with you. Otherwise, if I don't stay relevant, you know, I get fired from this job and you're talking to somebody that's a lot <laughs> younger and a lot smarter than me. So, Well, there, there's a lot of ways I feel the same way, Aaron. And, and next year, there were some changes that, that occurred, uh, you know, throughout the fall of 2021 that uh, kind of changed the direction of some of the organizational stuff. Sure. And, you know, I always look things from a business perspective. I've got, uh, you know, a great stable of sponsors. I want to continue to support, support the best way that's available based on whatever road I, I might choose. And uh, because of a business decision and a, and a financial, you know, cost of some of the events, I have decided, Aaron, to go ahead and throw my hat into the Bass Opens. I'm going to fish breaking two divisions. Breaking news right yeah. here. Breaking news, I'm gonna, man. I'm going to fish two divisions next year. I'm going to fish the Central Division, which looks like a grinder schedule, but but uh, should be fun. There's actually two tournament venues, unbelievably, after doing this for 15 years, that I have not been to on that Central schedule. So that's going to be fun. And then I'm also going to fish the Northern Open Bassmaster events, and um, that's going to be uh, all, all of those places. Places I've visited before, some of them many, many times. Chesapeake Bay, I've only been to one other time in the Elite Series, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, man, I'm going to hit six of the BASS Open events, two separate divisions, maybe sprinkle in a Toyota event here or there as well. But um, those Open events are kind of going to be that focus of the trail that that I follow. Well, so, very uh, exciting. And, and yeah, you, you know, it's if gonna you be remember fun. from our what, last episode or, or maybe two episodes ago with Andrew Upshaw, he fished. And yes. fishing two of the the open divisions, I mean that's that's not a that's a big ask as well. I mean you're gonna be you're gonna be right in the thick of things and uh, certainly getting to actually spend some time and devote what you'll get probably three four days maybe of practice a little more to probably a little more time on the water, right? You are 100 percent right, Aaron. And that was another big focus is is I'm gonna be able to get more time on the water. I want to have fun fishing just like you do, <laughs> and and some of that process with what I fished the last couple of years, especially last year we. We had a very short practice period. I wasn't able to spend a whole lot of time on the water. So the open division has an open practice period. You can practice, you know, three, four, five, six days if you want to. So I'm excited about spending more time on the water as well. And I think it's going to work great with the other things that I have going on in my fishing life as far as, you know, obviously taping here with Bass Edge Radio. You know, maybe you we can talk to some anglers. Is that and 
scheduling the pro bass camp is also was was on the docket when I put this whole schedule together and this whole mess and and those dates are actually set Aaron let me tell everybody if you're interested in pro bass camp program that I've been doing since 2012 it's been I don't wow. know how many years that is now this will be wow. the 11th year that's how many it'll be but uh, we're gonna have the first one here at Lake Amistad that's gonna be May 28th through June the 1st we'll have the second one here also at Lake Amistad June the 2nd through June the 6th and then the third will be back in New York again on Oneida Lake and that will be July 11th through july 15th so uh check out probasscamp.com registration is open you can do it all right there online so um all the information is there you can pay online i i came into the year 2022 ablaze aaron we have some new perfect websites that actually operate really well so i'm excited <laughs> Every day technology works it's a good day i can tell that's you right that. that's right so man yeah 2022 is going to be a big year big year and uh, excited for a little bit of change and uh, some new topics of discussion for us here yeah, on the yeah. show. So and speaking of new through. topics of discussion, uh, we get to close down 2021 uh, last episode, hard to believe, yes. with a bang. Yes, we will. We, we've got a great angler here. We'll, we'll, we'll dive deep in why we had him on the show here in our opening in a moment, but stay tuned for the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight coming up next. This is professional bass angler Cody Huff. This is professional angler Daryl Gleason. This is 2020 U.S. Open champion Tim Klinger. This is Bass Pro Tour angler Ish Monroe. I am FLW title champion Rusty Slusky. This is Jason Christie, BASS Elite Series champion on Bass Edge Radio. Stay tuned. Know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Aaron, we often chat with rookies before their inaugural season kicks off. But, uh, you know, going back through the episodes, we have not had many chances to talk to a rookie after they complete a season living the dream out on the road as a pro bass fisherman. And, um, you know, try to just dive into what their whole experience is like. Well, today, Aaron, we're going to knock this out. We've got MLF pro circuit angler ty al he's with us today to discuss just that along with some of his favorite fishing techniques that have made him super successful ty welcome to bass edge radio buddy we appreciate you joining us today hey what's up guys hey great to uh be on the show thank you so much for having me well ty you know in in kurt's opening there he, he put living the dream uh, you know mm. i'm anxious to see if it was truly living the dream or if it was rehearsing a nightmare but uh we'll dive off into a little bit more of that you know you had a you had a fairly successful mlf pro circuit uh season your rookie year just curious on 
What were some of your, I guess, maybe biggest surprises as you kind of uh, started your full-time national tour schedule this year? Man, where do I start? I mean, um, first off, yeah, it, it was an emotional roller coaster this year, living the dream. Um, That's right. <laughs> I can tell you what, it's not an extravagant lifestyle by any means. I mean, I slept out of my truck more this year than I ever have. And then just the traveling back and forth, the jet lag I was dealing with. I mean, it took a toll out of my body. Uh, mentally, you know, um, there were certain times of the year was not in a good place, but other times, I mean, I was exactly where I wanted to be. I mean, back at Lake Murray, when I was, uh, I went to have my family out there, we rented a pretty nice house, had one of my best friends out there. Uh, that was probably one of the best weeks I've ever had in my life. And I uh, remember thinking at the time, there was no place else that I wanted to be. And I felt like for the first time in my life, I wasn't chasing anything. I was truly living my dream at that point. But uh, yeah, we live for those moments, man, where, you know, things are on the line. Um, the pressure's on. You catch a big fish. It's excited how I explain it to my friends. Truly, I mean, I'm not one of those guys that went out this year. If I don't catch him, I was going to be okay. I mean, that was the, the kind of pressure that I was on um, is I had to catch him to pay the bills. I mean, I just got enough sponsorship dollars to be able to do it, quit my job that I was, uh, you know, working for almost 10 years and to give that security up to kind of take that leap. Sometimes in life, you got to spread your wings and fly. And uh, to see if you can fly, I jumped off a cliff, and 10 feet later, I landed on top of a rock. That's my Okeechobee event. <laughs> uh, so here I am. Let's talk about the Okeechobee event. You know, had a pretty hot year last year. Made uh, the top 10 three times on one, two of the Toyota Series event. Won England of the year. Thought I had the momentum going. I go out to Okeechobee, and my first day, it was like around 2.30 in the afternoon, I was sitting there with one 12 and a half feature in my live well. It was the world's worst feeling ever. Here it is, my pro day view. And I got one fish at the big old. And, uh, so it was good. You know, it was, was kind of like what they told Mizzou, Missouri Tigers, when they got into the SEC is like, welcome to the SEC boys. <laughs> you know, this is the big leagues. <laughs> You're not in the Big Ten anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was definitely different. And I'll be honest with you guys, I totally underestimated those guys, um, how good they are. One of the terms that we always, or quotes that we always hear is, oh, these guys are going to catch them. Okay. I didn't really know what that meant until I was out there, you know, for example, fishing out west, if you have a tough day or if I'm having a tough day out here, you know, and I catch a limit and I catch, you know, a couple, okay, one, nothing great. I felt fishing was tough and I go in, everybody had a tough day and uh, you might be in the upper third. You have that same feeling back east on tour, man, you're like sitting in 90th. You know, you think you caught him pretty good. I mean, there was one tournament at uh, at Lake Murray. I thought I caught him pretty good. and uh, Or Potomac. Potomac and Murray, I thought I caught him pretty good. I came in. I was sitting in like 40-something. I'm like, what the heck? I'm barely in the cut. So, um, yeah, totally different. It's a totally different playing field. And these guys are the best in the world. I'll tell you what. I mean, they are going to catch them. And trust me when I say that, they're going to catch them. So you better be on your A game. 
Ty, let's talk about that. You know, you mentioned fishing the Western Division, you know, in 2020. You had two wins. Dude, two wins yeah. on the Toyota Series. No joke, right? I mean, obviously, you kind of mentioned going into Okeechobee, but how about, you know, just bringing that momentum overall in 2021? I mean, you had a successful year. You made the title championship, top 40 in AOI standings. It's your first year running around on the East Coast full time. Was bridging some of that momentum that you realized, you know, hey, I'm one of the best in the West. Let's take this East and kind of keep this pushing. What was your thought process on that portion? It was, you know, be honest, guys. I know statistically and considering all odds, I know I had a great year, but deep down inside, I honestly didn't feel like I had a good year. I think part of the reason why is out West. I mean, rarely do um, I finish in the bottom of the field and out there, it seems like half of them is you know, I was there. I didn't catch him, didn't catch a check. And then uh, it just seemed like a struggle all year long. I did catch a limit every single competition day on tour this year, which is 19 days of competition. But what folks don't know is six out of those 19 days, I caught exactly five fish. And some of those keepers, I mean, there was one video I posted where at Smith Lake on the fourth day, I had, I think, what, two fish all the way up to like 145. I was throwing a big swim bait and just trying to go for the win. And I ran around and you know, through a sinkhole at where these fish were coming from. They were coming from uh, inside of a pocket next to a tree or whatnot. I think they were just getting ready to move in and and spawn and uh, managed to pick up uh, two within the last half hour, ran back in and saw that, man, I got like a minute and a half left to make two casts. So I stopped, made two casts, and on my second cast, I caught a, uh, a, a keeper and ran in with a limit. So all my friends were surprised that I came in with a limit. So it was a struggle all year long to find them because they're really asking a guy to have no prior experience to fish out West and you're only giving me two days to figure it out. I mean, at the title, I had to follow guys out because I didn't know how to get out of the, the, <laughs> the, the, the marina. So yeah, it, it just felt like I was struggling all year long and a lot of the fisheries out west, I mean, they don't really translate to anything back east. For example, at the Potomac, you know, when guys were saying, yeah, I'm cashing pretty deep. And then I'm like, deep? Well, they're talking about freaking four, four to five feet. You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, obviously it's an adjustment, no doubt. And and certainly next yes, year, yeah. now that you've had the experience, right, it, you're going to build upon that. But what do you think were some yeah. of the, I, I guess, Western techniques that you were able to, you know, have success with? You know, surprisingly, one technique that I would say most guys out West are experts at is drop shotting. I didn't realize how... Because I don't drop shot. I know how to drop shot. I'm very good at it. But in the last seven years, I mean, I can probably contribute my success to drop shotting. I want to say very little, probably like less than 5% of the event. And then going back east, I found that most guys back east, they're not really drop shotters. So the fish really haven't seen a drop shot as much as they do out west. So that technique has really helped me. Like at Lake Murray, that was what I was doing to finish uh, sixth place out there. And then, you know, some of the other stuff, I mean, just did not translate. Like the thing that I found that I'm going to have to learn how to do is fishing dirty water. When we were heading to the Smith Lake event and I did some research and, you know, everybody's saying that's a clear water fishery. Man, you know how disappointing when I showed up to the Smith (laughs) Lake, I'm like... 
you guys call this clear? Kurt, you've been in Arizona fishing Lake Mead. You know what our clear is, okay? Yo, and Lake yo. Mead isn't even our clearest lake. It's yeah, it's a there, totally so. different perspective. When a guy from the East Coast says it's clear, it ain't the same as a guy from the West Coast saying it's clear. Mm-mm. Yeah, my definition is clear. If you're not seeing the bottom in 20 feet of water, it's not that clear. Right. You know, right, right. and um, I feel very comfortable in clear water. I mean, the clearer the better. I just have a better understanding of where I should make my cast, where that fish is going to be set up. Going back east, I remember at Ifala, I was throwing uh, a spinnerbait, chatterbait, not knowing if these fish can even see my bait. You know, remember, and it, it just not having the confidence to know that there's a fish down there that can even see my bait. But it, again, it, this year was a learning, I mean, a major learning curve for me. I mean, that's all it really was. And I was just fortunate enough to figure out a few things. I did figure out like one thing on the East Coast. I started to realize at the end of the day, fish is just fishing. You know, no matter where you're at, no matter what body of water you go to, it's just about finding them, catching them, strategizing like your day as far as what baits to throw or where they should be at, depending on like what time of year it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just fishing. Well, Ty, let's take that a little bit deeper. When you're looking forward into 2022, what are you confident that you know now you didn't know last winter that'll enable you to be more effective on the water, boost that AOI performance? It's really hard to answer that question because like part of me, you know, I know I just need to keep on doing what I'm doing. And I'm the type of person where, although, for example, the two day of practice, at first I didn't like it. I didn't even know it was two days of practice until it was too late. I had already sent in my deposit. I skipped through the rules, missed that part. And when I found out that was only two days of practice, man, there's part of me that wants to back out because I was like, man, this is just not a good business plan. Like, And (laughs) yeah, but one thing that you have to also realize about me uh, being from the West Coast, I have a young family to support and, you know, I, I have to work a lot harder than others, in my opinion, is just because I want to make sure the family's taken care of. So all the bills are already paid. I work a bunch of overtime just to make it to these events. And, you know, with that being said, I mean, I just never practiced fishing with a lot of local team events. I mean, in the last eight years, you will rarely see me at practice unless it's a championship event. I might practice one, two days at the most. But other than that, I never practiced. And at first, earlier in my career, I thought that it was really a curse because there were so many times where I could have won a tournament because, you know, I I just needed to figure out how to catch one more two and a half pounder or, you know, I just barely missed a check because I didn't know where else to go to catch a two pounder or something like that. But looking back, it really helped me be able to fish conditions. Okay. So, you know, fishing locally, if you know a lake, you're going to hit up the same spot, right. right? And over the course of say 10 years of fishing that lake, you might have, you know, 50 spots that you're going to rotate through and, you know, they're going to be on one of them. So really by not practicing too much, it also leaves you open to try different techniques throughout the day. And then this big thing that I kind of figured out is bare measure pressure. One of the things I'm going to touch base about the barometric pressure is like, this is something I knew since I was about 12 years old. I got my first hint of it. Uh, remember that fishing trip with my dad. Uh, there was a big storm coming in. This is how we were fishing. So picture this. Uh, my dad had a ski boat. Like, I mean, that thing was beat up. It had no trolling motor on it, right? <laughs> okay. You can take your hand, brush it on top of the fiberglass, look at your hand. It's white. That's how beat up and nasty that boat is. It's an open bow. And then we hooked it up to a John boat. So there's about 50 feet of line out and, you know, he's trolling us 
from the John boat. And we're just going around casting uh, router traps, crankbaits, you name it. And everybody, we were smashing them. I think we nice. caught like 50 fish within, I don't know, two hours of being there. A storm came in, so we had to go in. I remember oh, that yeah. morning when I was 12 years old. Could not go to sleep because I was so excited about waking up in the morning, getting out there. Woke up, got out there, fished from sunup to about 11. No one caught a thing. So I look back at that, and it was a lesson early in fishing, fortunately, right. that always kind of stuck with me because one of the questions I've always asked is, why did we catch so many fish when the storm was coming in? And then the day after, which now I know is post-front, sure. they didn't bite. And later on, I found out that you know it had to do with barometric pressure and uh, how fish behave under certain barometric pressures. Right, so right. you know that was probably the number one reason for my success in the last seven years. I mean, last year I won five events in total, so two Toyota Series, three local events. I mean, these are big local events with seventy to ninety boats, and uh, I didn't practice for any one of them. I just basically showed up and fished and and won with my buddy. Daniel Elias. But looking back, four of the five events had to do with barometric pressure. Very cool. All right, Ty. We're going to go to a quick break. Power poll down here, fellas. Let's pause. Ty, hang tight with us. We're going to continue with Bass Edge right after these messages from our partners. Y'all hang tight. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Power Pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, Power Pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Power Pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power Pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge, presented in part by Mercury Marine, Go Boldly returns with MLF Pro Circuit Angler Ty Ow in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Well, Ty, you're able to relax at home there in Arizona coming up on uh, Christmas holiday break. Mm-hmm. Man, are you going to be able to hit the water some over the next couple <clears throat> weeks that, we, that we've got some a uh, little bit of time off maybe no man um you know it's just shortage on everything is kind of killing me right now and yeah i'm still waiting for my graph to come in and i got everything else the active target the ghost trolling motor but yeah i got my boat just waiting for everything to be installed and then i'm gonna go break it in obviously i have to go wrap it and do all this stuff so yeah i don't foresee much fishing in the next month or so month and a half just probably not gonna happen Let's chat about that for a quick second. You know, oftentimes pros go on without boats for several weeks throughout this time of year. Interestingly enough, this year, maybe a little tougher, Ty. Sounds like you're on the front edge of this, uh, you know, supply shortage stuff. Already got your boat, motor, most of your things. Still waiting for something here or there. But it's a long process to kind of get your rig reset for the following year. What are some of the key elements to setting up your rig that are most important for you? Uh, By far, just uh, my electronics is very important. Just having the best trolling motor there is, in my opinion, right now is the Lowrance. It's just I I got a chance to try it last year. 
let's just put it this way. I mean, I was so impressed with that Toronto motor that um, I didn't upgrade my batteries because the battery life on it is just amazing. I mean, I got stuck with Group 27, like, interstate batteries, tiny little lead batteries. I'm probably the only guy on tour running a battery like that, honestly, <laughs> right? Right. Um, that, that's, that is a little small battery for all the electronics we're running yeah, these little, days. That's right. Yeah, a little tiny guy. Now, I got a good, like, starting battery in EGM that came with my bath cap, but I got stuck with these batteries because last year I was in a hurry to put the boat together. I mean, I picked up the boat. I had my trolling motor in a box in my truck with all my electronics, and I, I picked up the boat, drove straight to Lake Mead to fish a tournament. While I was there, I basically stopped by and asked my buddies at Wild West Bastro. I'm like, hey, you guys, do you need me tomorrow? You're free. Could you just try to install as much as you can? They got probably like 60% of it done. I fished Lake Mead, left straight from Lake Mead, went to Clear Lake for the Toyota Series, and uh, stopped by Lowe's, and I installed like pretty much everything else in the parking lot. I got like 90% of it done. And uh, yeah, I haven't even started my motor. So ended up fishing uh, the Toyota Series. It's a miracle. I still won that one with everything disconnected and wires hanging out everywhere. But um, anyway, that's how I got stuck with those batteries. I just had no time to get the batteries I wanted. Just, hey, install whatever you got. And that's what they had. Anyway, fast forward to Harris Chain. I went out there just to check it out after getting my butt kicked at Okeechobee. I fished all day. On the trolling motor, went back to the hotel. They didn't have a charging port, so that's cool. I'm out here just fun fishing, doesn't matter. So went out there the second day without charging it, fished till about 2.45. And then I kicked the trolling motor in high. I still got 3.6 miles an hour, and I, I was like, what, this ain't right. Pressed on the button to see how much charge it had. It still said full. Wow. That's amazing. That, that, that's, so that's, that's why. That's impressive. That is impressive. Now that you've got the... Once I should say your boat is set up, or even if you were to be on the water, you know, what advice can you give, I guess, Bass Edge Nation kind of concerning winter techniques? You know, here we are kind of that mid part of December that seemed to be consistent for you this time of year. And maybe you could relate that to kind of the geographic part that you're in and then also try and, you know, kind of on a universal front for people that, you know, any anywhere south of the hard water, uh, you know, might be able to use some of those techniques. Yeah, I think the further south you go, the less it matters. Um, if you're in a region that, you know, you're fortunate enough to go fishing this winter, the thing that I always do is I start looking at the major creek arms. I don't want to say the word migrate, but um, it seems like most of the activity is going to be up to creek arms where, you know, for example, you take a lake like Lake Pleasant, you have four major creek arms that go into that lake. And that's when I kind of venture into those creek arms because the stripers are pushing shad back there. And it's just a lot easier to locate. You can catch them in the main lake, but they're going to be super deep. And then they're going to be pretty much holding tight to cover. So more than anything, this time of year, I rely on my electronics. That's why, like, I have no ambition, no desire to go fish without my electronics. You know, my boat will fire up. The trolling motor works. It's on there. You're not going to see me out there. It's just because I don't want to waste my time going out there fishing blind. So it's like... uh how do I say it? It's like having a black and white TV and then you upgrade to a big flat screen. You just can't go back to 
<laughs> watching TV on a on an old black and white TV, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's just electronics and you know grasping, finding the fish because they're going to be schooled up. And when you do find them, it's super fun this time of year to fish. So what are some of those techniques, you know, as far as aspects that you feel you can work on this winter that's going to assist you in your overall fishing success into? years to come, right? I mean, spending time on the water is one thing, catching fish, enjoying that process. Some of us from a tournament perspective want to work on aspects that we can work on during this time of year. What is it, Ty, that you feel like you could work on that you could provide some insight for (laughs) other anglers to improve their overall fishing success? Really, it's just uh, besides like learning how to use their electronics, for me, it's going to be keeping organized, right? There's a video that I didn't know I was on live at Smith Lake, me digging through my tackle box. I don't know if anybody saw that. I, was, I did not know. I got my bunch of my friends called me and said, hey, man, that was hilarious what they did. Um, basically, they were making fun of me as far as my organizational skills. And man, it took me forever to find That's the beaks that I needed. Um, did that help you, know, you get I, a tackle store laugh. sponsor? <laughs> uh, no, no, it didn't. They're probably, hey, you don't want that guy after seeing that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, now it's just being more organized. I mean, at the end of the day, guys, here's the deal. I mean, I've been tournament fishing. I think we're going into my 22nd year. And right now, it's hard to say what I need to learn because I know there's a lot of stuff I need to learn. I just don't know what it is yet. So, going back east, going to Sam Rayburn, a bunch of fisheries, the, was it, the St. John's, um, there's a bunch of fisheries that I've just never been to. So it's just about researching, map study, just kind of talking to other anglers as far as like what their process is like and, and if they do any. The crazy thing is you find all sorts of different styles. You know, there's you talk to Skeet. He doesn't do any research, but you got to remember he's been in the game for a very long time. And then someone like Jacob Wheeler, I mean, he does ton of research, you know, and puts in the time effort pre-practice. I mean, that's another thing. I didn't get to pre-practice, so I'm trying to see if that would even help me. So for a few of these events, I'm going to try to schedule time this year to go pre-practice. But other than that, yeah, it's just staying organized, knowing where everything's at, and just kind of reorganizing my boat learning from my mistakes last year and uh, just trying to correct as many of those mistakes going into this year. Right. That was part of actually my Christmas list, just so you know, Ty. Aaron and I discussed it earlier in the show, but tackle organization and specifically, uh, you know, like garage organization is part of my Christmas wish list as far as, uh, you know, some things that I feel like I need in some shelves and some some, it's a good organizational system. Aaron promises Mm -hmm. me that uh, Santa's going to deliver. So um, I'm excited about it, whatever's coming my way. So Yeah, no, that's funny. The thing is, like, I'm researching more about, like, how other guys are organizing their tackles to see if I can use some of their uh, ideas. But uh, another thing that just kind of popped in my head is um, dealing with the freaking humidity out there. Ah, (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was a shocker. I mean, I lost a lot of tackle this year because of the humidity. I mean, there was times where I opened up my rod locker and I'm looking at my rod corks, they're black, but they weren't black after all that mold and stuff had had grown. I mean, it was so bad that (laughs) I was at Lake Murray making a cast and there was like mold flying everywhere and I can just smell it, you know? (laughs) And um, I started coughing and that cough didn't go away for over a month. You know, I think my lungs got infected. I like that sick from it. That's that's not good. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, got, I probably got sick from it. I don't, I don't know from what, but um, yeah, that's another thing I got to deal with. So I found uh, like Ken Ma was telling me about a product that he puts in his damp something. Uh, damp rid. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that stuff. You know, that's one big difference, you know, talking about east-west, you know, on the mm-hmm. west coast, if you open your compartments to air things out and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. dude, the sun will just bake your your goods, right? I mean, like your yeah. crankmates will yeah. blow up. But on the east coast, totally different. Dude, if you don't open your compartments every once in a while to kind of get that damp and humi- yeah. humidity out of there, everything's just going to turn to rust and kind of like – just stick together. I mean, it's kind of a weird yeah. deal. So it's a totally yeah. different aspect all my in that hooks, regard. Yeah. What? All my uh, rusted hooks, everything. I mean, it's just gone. I mean, I lost probably about 20% of my terminal tackle. I mean, I just cleaned it three days ago and I uh, lost about 20% of it just because once a hook is rusted, I just have no confidence in that hook anymore and I just throw it away. Right. So I've been keeping everything in packages instead this year, um, buying more boxes to keep organized. I mean, yeah, it was uh, absolutely mess and yeah remember when i pack up i'm packing up for the whole entire year okay right. so everything goes in my trucker boat and you know i got so much stuff where i can't even find anything so so it kind of defeats the purpose yeah. um so yeah i'm i'm still trying to figure that out i have not figured it out yet well I, I leave my fan on in my nitro all the time once it hits uh, a certain temperature just for that reason to keep that air circulating ty so anyway yeah that's uh humidity is is not your friend, but you might as well embrace it. It's kind of like skiing. Don't fight the mountain. You just got to go with it. So anyway, hey, I would like to yeah. get your thoughts before we head into the listener question. Uh, was there a particular tournament on the East Coast that was a surprise for you? Okeechobee. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, that's fair yeah, enough. Okeechobee, we, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, so we kind of come yeah. to that. Okeechobee and then Bass Pro Tour at Chigamaga. Because I don't like fishing in crowds, which is a very bad thought process for both of those lakes, especially Chigamaga that time of year, because, you know, it seems to me that most of the fish, once they hit two pounds, they swim out in the ledge somewhere. And I did find the winning school of fish. I did not know that that was a community hole. I didn't know that I could have joined Kevin Van Dam. I have nothing else going. It's just morally, I'm just not that guy that will fish on top of you. So I left with nothing else to go to, and I had a horrific day, but uh, yeah. Since you had the, the success in, in several of the pro circuit events, you got to go fish a uh, Bass Pro Tour event. H- how was that process for you, the experience, the catchway release format? Did you enjoy that format? What was it like, you know, kind of being out there with uh, the Bass Pro Tour? Everybody knows, you know, some of the top Elite Series anglers left BASS Elite Series several years ago to form this division. So a lot mm-hmm. of legends, <laughs> let's just put it that way, yeah. fishing <laughs> on that circuit. What was that process like? like for you um so luckily on the west coast we had the best uh wild west bass trail where we tried that format let's just say that it's a very stressful interesting format and you know if you're a tournament guy you probably can't relate because you haven't gotten to fish that format i can tell you that format is super stressful okay i mean if you're doing great yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun but when you're not the marshals yelling in your ear like oh so-and-so caught one and you're not catching them i mean it mentally you got to be strong the best way i can put it is all right in the pro circuit regular five fish format your wife's cheating on you you don't know it (laughs) cool (laughs) right in that format your wife's cheating on you 
there's nothing you can do about it. And then you know, now you're like, what the hell? <laughs> what do I, where do I find a dance partner? Right. And no one's dancing with you. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> that is classic, dude. That was, no, that's, that's the best, the best analogy I think I've ever heard. Uh, and so it, the, it's true, man. In, in the Bass Pro Tour, even if she is cheating on you, you know about it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. And you're, you're like literally like running around the bar looking for a dance partner. And like, no, everybody's saying no. <laughs> that is what it's like. It's so stressful, man. And um, I mean, if you want to get my personal opinion on it, like, don't get me wrong. I'm a five fish guy day, day right. in, day out, right? right? That's what I grew up with. That's what I love doing. I love, I mean, I'm the type of guy. I'd rather go out there and catch one five-pounder than catch 22-pounders. Okay, that's just how I work and operate and uh, accustomed to. But on the other hand, it's um, I, I think about, like, where a sport has been and where it's heading. You know, where it's been, it's just the five-fish format. Something is not working with that format. Fishing is one of the only sports where we have to pay to play, and there is something wrong with our sport as it sits right now. Statistically, it is very hard, you know, for anybody to make yeah. it, no matter who you are. Yeah. yeah. So it's tough out there. Uh, the reason we're there is because we have this great passion for the sport, and yeah. it's interesting once you dive in. And that's why it's just been such a, a great conversation with you today, Ty. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Aaron mentioned previously it's time to roll into our a listener question segment. Ty, every episode mm -hmm. we scroll through our email accounts, social media channels to answer a listener question. This segment sure. brought to us by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. The question that I picked today came through our Bass Edge Instagram account from Ike mm -hmm. Alexander. Actually, Aaron, I think we answered a question from Ike Alexander maybe last month or two months ago. Ike sent in some good questions. Uh, his his IG handle is launch slaunches. So I like that. But Ty, I thought this was great for you because we get a lot of wind. We get a lot uh -huh. of wind out west. You know, de the desert does not provide very much uh, blockage of the wind. Like back east, you got the trees and everything, and it doesn't get quite as crazy mm -hmm. sometimes. So this is Ike's question. Fishing in extreme wind, what base or lures are you throwing out in the chop? Well, it depends, okay? You got to understand wind is actually caused by barometric pressure, okay? Here in Arizona, it matters what direction the wind is blowing. So here in Arizona, we get most of the high-pressure system from the northwest. Therefore, if the wind's blowing that from that direction, then there's a 90% probability that's a high-pressure system. In that case, what I do is I fish the northern banks that are protected from the wind, and uh, yeah, I'll be dragging a jig. Um, I'll be fishing, you know, I'll, I'll upsize my, my jig if I need to to fish efficiently. So I'll go as heavy as a three quarter ounce uh, jig, a Nico rig, just something that I can fish efficiently and protect it from the wind. Now, if the wind blows from the south, where we get our low pressure from the Gulf of Mexico, it's game out. Depending on what time of year, I'm going to be throwing, uh, this time of year, I'll be throwing an uh, a G-Funk desert rig is basically an Alabama rig style. Uh, spinner baits are great. Crankbaits, any shad imitation baits are great for feeding up on shad. And, uh, yeah, well, it's going to be early winter, so I'll be up in the creek arm 
throwing a uh, crankbait, a jerkbait, just some kind of reaction lure that can cover a lot of water because their strike zone has increased since the barometric pressure is going down. So basically, yeah, I'm just running as much water as possible to run into these schools. Once you find the large schools, then it's game on. It's more technical than that. So I just never look at just the wind. A lot of guys will say, oh, yeah, the wind is your friend. Not always, guys. I can give you a dozen examples of it not paying out because I'm paying attention to another factor that most anglers overlook, which is barometric pressure. Uh, I'll give you an example. So it was a championship two years ago. Uh, the wind was blowing on this bank where that we caught almost 30 A-rig fish from. Uh, the day before, there was no wind, but the barometric pressure was actually decreasing. And when they ate that A-rig, couldn't even see the jig head. Okay, when we came back the next day, the wind was blowing into it just right, but I knew that the pressure was going up. We fished that bank, and when they hit it, they wouldn't eat it. And then when we did hook one, it was barely caught, you know, outside the lip or inside the lip, just barely so you can tell they didn't really want it. So I looked at my partner and said, hey, man, pressure's going up. Um, I know this bank was way better, but that's just not the right kind of wind that we need. So let's go hide out in the cove and fish slower, flip, and throw sinkos. We did that and caught a three-and-a-quarter pounder made the top ten because of that decision. Wow. Well, Ike, there you have it from Ty. Uh, very interesting when you look at the barometric pressure, certainly I know Kurt and myself have had that experience when something just a little bit changes or not eating the bait the same. Keep abreast of the barometric pressure, Ike. But hey, one more thing that we need from you, and, and that is to email us at supportedbassedge.com or click on the Claim Your Prize tab, fill out the information, and we are going to send you a Midway USA where you can get just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors gift certificate from Midway USA when you let us know that you heard Ty answer your question right here on episode 366. Quick reminder, Bass Edge listeners, to get your gift certificate from Midway USA. Keep submitting those questions to the show through our website, BassEdge.com, or through our Instagram or Facebook channels. You can also email us, support at BassEdge.com. So many ways to win. Midway USA, Aaron, these are going to be some great gift cards. Excited to bring these to Bass Edge Nation. Absolutely. We had to up the ante, Kurt, to uh, make it through our interrogation like uh, Ty did today. So congratulations, Ty. Uh, you survived. Wasn't too bad. But uh, just really want to say thank you for hanging out with us here on an episode of Bass Edge Radio. It's been some uh, great viewpoints that I feel uh, very many listeners are interested in. Do you have any closing thoughts for Bass Edge Nation? Yeah. I mean, 10, 11 years ago, I made a post. Um, it just kind of popped up in my news feed. Uh, it was a memory, Facebook memory from 10 years ago, guys. I was driving around in a Honda Accord uh, fishing TBF stuff. Okay. I slept in the car. And awesome. uh, 10 years later, I made it on tour. So, yeah, trust the process. You know, start at, you know, whatever you can afford to fish. And that, that, at that point, I mean, I was spending probably 120 bucks a tournament between uh, fuel, interest and everything just to get out there and learn. So just keep grinding, trust the process. If you want it bad enough, you will make it happen. So, yeah, just go out there, have fun, whatever it is that you do. And uh, if that, this is something you can do, you can do it to them. Um, you know, uh, I don't come from a family with a lot of money. Everything I did was um, figuring it out on my own. So you can do it too. You just got to want it bad enough. 
Great story, Ty. You, you've got a great avenue that you made it to to where you are. And and like we said at the top of the show, man, living the dream. It's been uh, super fun to watch. We look forward to watching you again in 2022 out there, you know, making some waves on the MLF Pro Circuit. Thanks again for being here on Bass Edge Radio. I hope you got a great holiday season. And, uh, man, hopefully we'll run a into each other again next year out on the road. Appreciate it. You bet, Ty. Aaron and I will be back with some closing thoughts to uh, this interview with Ty and also some closing thoughts for 2021 as we wrap up our last episode. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be back right after this message. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare KeelGuard, SkegGuard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare KeelGuard. Be at home with nature with nature-inspired art, decor, and gifts by Wild Wings at wildwings.com. Explore art prints and canvas wraps of bass, trout, walleye, muskie, and more by acclaimed artists like Mark Cicino. I primarily paint underwater scenes of game fish and usually in a fishing situation, going after prey or going after a lure or a fly. I get asked sometimes whether I like fishing better or artwork. It would be tough to give either of them up. I can't really think of a good reason to give either up, so I'm going to stick with them. Make your home, office, or cabin show off your passion for angling. Visit wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge and sign up for an exclusive offer to Bass Edge listeners of 10% off your next order. Give something special to your loved one and be at home with nature. Visit wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge. That's wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge to get 10% off your next order of nature-inspired art, decor, and gifts by Wild Wings. The PowerPole Charge Marine Power Management Station is the most advanced system of its kind available on the market. It does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system all in one compact unit. The charge lets you run your boat's accessories the way you want to run them by allowing you to monitor and control your power usage through the PowerPole app. It automatically devotes power to the batteries that need it the most for maximum efficiency. The new charge from PowerPole. Power where you need it. Power how you need it. Power when you need it. Aaron, that was a great episode with Ty Al. You know, typically, you know, kind of getting the forefront of new anglers into the national tour scene. Now kind of seeing the back end. What a great way to end 2021 to just kind of revisit Ty's year. Great, successful year, MLF Pro Circuit, and uh, also to kind of get us prepped and ready to go for a new season of Bass Edge Radio 2022 just around the corner, Aaron. Yeah, hard to believe. I mean, good night to think of how long you and I have been together doing this, Kurt. Uh, it's been always been a, a blast. I look forward to what 2022 has to hold, what 
you've got lined out, I guess I should say. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a few surprises along the way. Um, you bet. You know, it's going to be fun stuff. A little, few changes for yourself on the tournaments and that. And uh, I think when we look at kind of 2021 in, in the rear view mirror, I think that's exactly where it needs to stay. I'm looking forward to 2022. Just want to make sure that, you know, we wish all of Bass Edge Nation just a, a wonderful holiday season, a happy new year. I know you echo those sentiments, but certainly they have a lot Absolutely. of choices. Lots of choices out there, Aaron, and, and we appreciate the listeners. And, and our podcast is so unique compared to a lot of others, you know, concentrating on that educational aspect and, and bringing to you the best anglers in the business, the hottest anglers in the business to give you the latest tips and techniques and how to catch another bass right here with Bass Edge Radio. Well said, Kurt. And uh, again, everybody be safe out there. Have a wonderful uh, next couple of weeks as we uh, close out the end of the year. And we look forward to seeing you on the other side, January 1st for episode 367. So for Kurt Dove and everyone here at Bass Edge, have a wonderful holiday season. Happy New Year. And we look forward to seeing you in two weeks. So long, everybody. Edge is presented by MegaWare Keelguard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, PowerPole, and Transport Graphics. <laughs>